This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's a new era for the 49ers. Oh my God, Jimmy Garoppolo. With a roster full of talent. Debo Samuel with the catch. The pass is going to be picked off by Bosa. Nick Bosa. And it's almost time for kickoff. Welcome to the kickoff show with Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal on 95.7 The Game. Sponsored by Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey. Taste the world's number one bourbon. And by Harris Ranch Beef. Legendary beef, legendary quality. Live from the Las, from the Santa Clara, almost at the Las Vegas Hilton, from the Santa Clara Hilton, Larry Kruger and Lo Neal. The kickoff show, 49ers and Dolphins. It's week 13 in the NFL, and we're on 95-7 the game for the next couple hours, breaking it down. Niners are 7-4. and four. The Dolphins roll in. Two of the better offensive teams in football, and uh, Kyle Shanahan against, uh, against the pupil. Mike yeah. McDaniel, uh, and we're going to find out exactly uh, who's who's got the advantage. But good morning to everybody. Hope everybody's having a phenomenal morning. And the morning slate of games already has started. There are eight 10 a.m. games. We'll keep you updated on the scores throughout the morning as we get closer towards uh, towards kickoff. But we're going to have a great couple hours. Uh, we'll talk a lot of Niners, a lot of Dolphins. JD's going to join us in about an hour. He is at the uh, boots on the ground across the street at the the stadium at Levi's, and we'll get J.D.'s thoughts on the matchup, then we'll do some keys to victory uh, coming home on the second half of the show. Good to see you, man. Hey, good to be seen, Larry. It's always great to see you. It's been a week or two since we hooked up last. I can't wait to get in this show. Can't wait to talk about this Niner and Dolphin game. I am really, really excited to see this matchup because it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, we've got Cam back on the controls, uh, back at the mothership, and Tim Jordan with us here at the uh, at the Santa Clara Hilton. And there's a beautiful outside uh, party going on with 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 music and food and drinks. And so stop by and say hello if you're if you're coming out this way. Stop by and say hello to me and the future Hall of Fame fullback Lo Neal. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Niners. We saw them last week pitch a shutout, thirteen nothing, over the Saints and. Fourth week in a row, the 49er defense has pitched a second-half shutout. This was a full four-quarter shutout. Give me your takeaway, Lo. It was, a, it was an interesting game. 37 passes, 29 runs from the offense last week. Uh, just the you know a couple numbers that jumped out. Niners were plus two in turnovers. They got a couple Alvin Kamara fumbles. And New Orleans only averaged 
uh, 2.9 yards per carry. Couldn't get the run game going. No, I was really shocked about the New Orleans couldn't get the run game going. I was shocked that you saw a New Orleans team with Kamara, the guys that they have. And I was shocked that the Niners were able to get this many turnovers. When you think about a football game, you think about, you, you know, in your lifetime, you watch it, you've been scouting, you've been in every level of, of, of football. And that usually doesn't happen. You doesn't have a team that's going to fumble the ball twice, five, twice or three times inside the 10-yard 10, 10 line, twice at the goal line, interception in red zone, all the things that happen in that game. It usually doesn't happen like that. So kudos to the Niners, able to bend but not break, to keep a team to zero points and shut them out. I thought it was just very, very bizarre type of game. Um, Niners didn't necessarily dominate on defense, wasn't a dominating, you know, on offense, but it was a win. Yeah. And it was a win that they needed. It was a tough game, a lot of physicality in that game, but the Niners prevailed. Well, and the Niners are playing fast and physical on the backside of their defense. And, and you know, you, you catch a ball underneath against this 49er team. Here comes Jimmy Ward, and he's packing a wallop. Yeah. Same thing with Afonga. Same thing with Gibson. Same thing with Warner. Same thing with the Z's. Greenlaw's the ringleader of the whole thing. Right. They start you. They hit you. And, you know, at the end of the game, it's like you kind of wonder, do you guys want to catch the ball? Because they're, they're taking pretty good hits. And I'll tell you the other thing that really stood out in this game was, um, you know, the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo almost threw a pick six. Or he actually yeah. did throw a pick six. It was negated by a penalty. Right, right. And, and just turnovers has been the, really the name of the game for Garoppolo. And in this game, again, if you looked at the numbers, they looked pretty good for Jimmy. Right. Um, you know, as, a, as he was 20, he was uh, 26 of 37 right. for 222 and the one touchdown. And he had no turnovers. And, low. how many times can we talk about it? I mean, Jimmy's really known for, for two things, having that great record. The right. Niners have a great record when he starts as opposed to when he doesn't start here in San Francisco. It's night and day. Right. And the other thing is huge gaffes, turnovers, ne massive negative plays that get you beat. He has found a way in the last month to not make those throws, throw the ball away, and, uh, and, and taking away the turnover aspect of his game He's playing the best ball of his career. I, I think he is. And I think if you look at Jimmy and you know who Jimmy is. Jimmy's a guy that's going to go out there. If he doesn't turn the ball over, he doesn't make mistakes, this team can win some ball games. But it's, it's, it's to be seen what happens if Jimmy struggles and doesn't, if he plays like he played last week against the Saints, against a team like Miami. The team you're going to play today can score. They can light it up. A team, you know, you look around and you say, okay, who are the, who's on the schedule? Who's next? And we think about that with the Niners. Does it give you – do you do you have a sense of, of calmness to say – Look, if Jimmy doesn't turn the ball over, they're going to win those games if he played like that and only scores 13 points. To me, I don't have the confidence that you do. I don't share that saying because I look at the Saints, and if the Saints score on, you know, twice inside the five, you lose that ball game. Yeah. And, and take the tick, pick six if you get the pick six. I mean, the game really, the Niners really struggled offensively to me. Um, I know they won the game. But you can't play that way and expect to win. And the thing that scares me most about this team is this, is when you look at the offensive line. Now, when they're running the ball, they're one of the best dominant run teams in the league, the San Francisco 49ers. But when they inability to run the ball and set up play action and do the other things, this team becomes on offense dismal. It becomes average, below average to me because you saw the ability not to be able to run the ball because Elijah Mitchell and you had, you know, another guy, you know, your, your guy, Bell Cowledge got hurt, and you know, and not having him, McCaffrey, your offense struggled. And so now what happens? Now the pressure and the onus 
falls on Jimmy G. Now can Jimmy G go out and gaslight it and go out and tear it up as being the quarterback, and now he knows there's no running game to bail him out? Can the offensive line, I'm asking you, can they hold up for four quarters or three quarters when the running game is non-invasive, when you can't run the ball with any type of consistency? Can the offensive line hold up? I know Trent can, but who else consistently that you can look at the Niners' offense and say it's going to hold up? It's a great question. And this and today there's Bradley Chubb on that front. There's Christian Wilkins. And if the Niners you know, can't stay connected to Miami on the scoreboard, there's going to be a lot more pass rush pressure in the face of Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know, though. I, I, I saw last week a little differently than you. Um, I, I looked at um, New Orleans, and I thought, man, it was a pretty strong defensive performance. Chris Harris, really good out of the slot. Uh, Demario Davis is a terrific player. Paulson Adebo has come of age. Um, you know they have t- the Honey Badger. I thought I thought Kentavious and Roach up front played big. Uh, Davenport's a, a, a player. Cam Jordan's a monster. So yeah. um, Anyamata's a, a, a two gapper in the front. And, they beat and, Jimmy up. And, and, but I mean, I just think I, I I wouldn't necessarily. I looked at last week and thought, okay, the Four Niners could do more offensively, but they didn't have Elijah Mitchell and. Um, and they're going McCaffrey's against the Saints. Third, yeah. They're going against the Saints defense. That I, I just kind of think more of the Saints defense. Now we're, we'll know more this yeah. week when the Saints play Tampa in Tampa. I think Tom Brady in that Buccaneer offense is going to struggle Monday night uh, with too. the Saints defense. I, you know, so I kind of looked at that last week as as kind of the big, um, you know, my big takeaway was that. You know, the Saints defense was much better last week than I thought. Um, but it is interesting at what, how good is this 49er offense? And if this today becomes any kind of a track meet, can the Niners keep up? Now, one of the big questions today is, you know, what is the offensive game plan going to be from Kyle Shanahan? What do you think? There's no Elijah Mitchell. McCaffrey is going to go, but he's dinged up. Debo Samuel, according to Adam Schefter, Schefter is reporting today, he reported this morning, yeah. that they listed him as questionable. He's got a deep thigh bruise. As I said, he didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday. I think he loosened it up a little bit on Friday. But Debo plans to play. Now, 49ers didn't think Samuel would be able to play until uh, till Friday. I yeah. guess Friday he made some improvements. Uh, but he plans to go today. How much can he go? How much of a plan can he be? On, on paper, without Mitchell, you would say maybe Debo would get a lot of carries. But let's just say for the sake of the conversation that Debo isn't healthy enough for a lot of carries. Well, are we going to see? Do you think it's? Do you think it's Jordan Mason? Do you think it's Ty Davis Price? Will Kyle Shanahan show uh, the kind of patience with these rookie runners and the trust? Because I think on paper, well, this sets up for Miami to roll in with Jeff Wilson, and this could be the big narrative coming out of this. Could be like, oh wow, why did the Niners let Jeff Wilson go? And Wilson and Mostert ran wild against their former team. I think a better game plan for the Niners might be run Jordan Mason, who reminds me a little bit of a poor man's Marshawn Lynch. He runs upright, but he runs with power, and he's 240. Punch him at that at that uh, at that dolphin D line all day, and and see if he can bust one. I, I'd like to see a lot of Jordan Mason and a ball control run heavy scheme. That's what I want to see. What do you yeah. think we're gonna see? I, I think you've got to try to establish the run because you know who you are. 
when you're good at something, you don't say, hey, I'm going to deviate from that and say, because I don't have this, I got to deviate and throw a totally different game plan. And that's not how football works. And that's not how your team, you got to play to your strengths. So with me looking at this, if McCaffrey can't go, if McCaffrey's beat up and bruised, I was looking at Debo and Kittle to touch the ball, not targets. I'm talking about touch the ball between them and got those two 25 times. Right. Those two has to touch the ball 25 times. And and now knowing that Debo knows that he's injured, I will, you know, I know it's quad. I was thinking, hey, can this guy go? Because I'm telling you, the whole week, if I'm Cal Shannon, I'm saying, hey, look, put them big boy pads on. We're going back to the well. A whole week, I'm getting the mindset. So that's what I would, I wonder, you know, hey, if I'm John Lynch, hey, Debo, we paid you. Hey, let's go do this. I want you to carry this thing this week. I know what you can do. I, I've seen you and, 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 and go into team meetings this week. And when you're playing the run game, put on the game against the Rams. Put on the game last year against Green Bay. Let the people and let the teammates on that team say, oh, let me reintroduce myself. My name is Debo, and that's Samuels. So when you get that going, you see the team starting to say, okay, if we can block for this guy because if McCaffrey and Mitchell is not playing – Elijah, I'm telling you, Debo is the next best back on the on the roster. So but he's got, a, he, you know, he's not 100. percent He's got the thighs. Yeah, so yeah. the question is, who's, got, how, who's next? So that's and, and also the conditions. I mean, you know, it's rained the last night. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm eager to see what JD when he joins us at noon says about the field conditions because the field yeah. conditions could have a huge factor in this game. Um, and does it favor? I mean, the Niners are a little bit more run. You know, if you think of their weapons, same offense, different kinds of weapons. Miami has speed. Niners have a lot of run after the catch guys who are really good in the open field with the ball in their hands. I think Miami does has the both. wet field benefit either. I, I think it. I think when you look at Miami, what they have. Do you mean to tell me right now, excluding Debo, and you know, or, you know, a hurt running back that you have. Would you look at the running back that went over, uh, no question Wilson, Jeff Wilson. Can you look at Jeff Wilson and say today, without Debo and without McCaffrey, which team has the most physical, which team has the most the fastest back? If you look at what Moster, Raheem Moster, you know he can he can hit it and get it. And then you now you're talking about Jeff Wilson. Do you think excluding when I talk about Debo, McCaffrey, Mitchell, which backs are better? Um, if everybody's healthy, I th- I think um, you know if everybody's but, but, healthy. But, but the Niners are not aren't healthy, so let's deal in and out. So I'm saying, well, with and, McCaffrey, and there's degrees of it too, right? Because I mean, you could be healthy, you could be not healthy and playing, or right. out, literally right. out. Obviously, there's Mitchell's out, right. so he's out. Uh, but I'm just saying, is Mostert 100 percent healthy? I don't know. But I I I, I kind of like the the home run combination of Raheem to the edges and and Wilson to In finish off tackles. the game. Yeah, that, that's what I'm, and, and that's but, what I was. But also, to. but on the other side of that is the 49er defense. Uh, the Niner run D is far better than the run D that the Dolphins have, at least the way the rankings look. So, yeah, maybe Miami has better backs, but their better backs going against a better D, where the Niners have True. maybe lesser backs, especially with McCaffrey dinged up and no Mitchell, um, but they're going against a, a, a run D that's not quite as good. I don't know. It, it, to me, it's going to be – that's one of the big questions I have is – Me too. Who's going to get – what's the running back right. – uh, committee. You know, and what, what's the committee going to look like? Is it going to be a lot of McCaffrey? Is it going to be throwing the ball to McCaffrey? Is it going to be handing it to Mason, handing it to TDP? What do you think of the rookie running backs? Ty Davis Price is 
you know, 6'1", 220, had some huge days at LSU, ran for like two-something against Florida. Um, and I thought, you know, people have said negative things about him. I've seen some he showed some, some flashes, some yeah. flashes of real power. Now I don't know about the angles, and I don't know about uh, if he's going to pick up blocks. I mean, how these guys pass blocks a major part of it. Heck, you made your living in this league as a pass blocker, so that's a you know they're not going to let anybody on the field if they don't feel like they can block for Jimmy G. Yeah, but that's a big question for Ty Davis Price, who in the summer I'll say this. Now we haven't seen a lot of Ty, Ty Davis Price, but as somebody who went to camp every day and watched all these drills. He he stood up he stood up solidly in the pass rush drills against the Niner linebackers and blitz pickup against Warner and Aziz and he stonewalled those guys on the practice field this summer. So I'm eager to see. Oh my. Is Ty Davis Price the guy? He's probably your best speed element, right? Or do you go power with Jordan Mason? And you know I, I'll say this: the one thing I would love to see, I'd like to see Kyle respond. If he uses Mason or Price early and they get into a rhythm, keep feeding them. Yeah. Keep feeding them. The one thing about back by committee under Shanahan is sometimes he'll get a series or two and a back looks great and he'll go to a different back. It's right. like I want to see if, if Jordan Mason starts rolling downhill or Ty Davis Price starts rolling downhill against this Dolphin speed front, they got a lot of speed in their front. Um, I say stay with it. I think yeah. you want to make sure, to me, you want to neutralize Bradley Chubb. Right. How do you do that? You run, run the, the football all damn day. Yeah, without a doubt. And you look at these two guys, you say, okay, can, what Price can do? And you say, okay, we have two backs. Price is the guy you said going to get the outside. You know he's got some speed. He's big. He's physical. He can do some things. And you have a two-headed monster. So what are you going to do? You have to get these guys in. When you ask the question, do you think Kyle Shannon gets these guys involved get in the game earlier? Absolutely. You have to. You cannot wait to the second half and say, okay, let's just see how McCaffrey's feeling and let's don't let McCaffrey run them, take the majority of it, and then let's try to work those guys in. Wrong. You but can't that's do how that. he used that, but you, you know, but you in, can't in, do in that uh, today. Mexico City. Right. That's exactly how he, he, he used McCaffrey in the and first Mitchell, half yeah. and then Mitchell, Mitchell to come closer. Game, to put the game away. But you don't have a closer now. Now so so if you have McCaffrey toting the ball and all of a sudden he gets hurt or he gets dinged up and he's not as effective and now these guys come in now they know that they got to carry the load why would you not say look I got to get these guys in the ball game early let them have a touch yes still let McCaffrey do McCaffrey but at the same sense you better know that you have some backup running backs that are capable that have some game experience you can't just take a guy and say hey you don't get a Kentucky you don't get take your horse to Kentucky Derby and just throw him in there without warming him up you got to <laughs> let that joker warm up so you better warm those guys up and get those guys ready to go so I think that look you got to get have a mindset as a coach, as a running back coach, and say, look, be ready. I'm going to throw you in there early. Now, you don't got to sit and ride them early, but at least let them get the flow of the let game touch early. It. Let him yes. touch it. Yes. Um, Debo's questionable, 50-50. Trent Williams, back spasm oh. a couple days is questionable. Uh, they asked Kyle Shanahan about it after practice. He said, hey, you know, it's kind of like big man problems. You know, you banged heads in this league for 16 years. If yeah. a guy's got back spasms on a Thursday, what is how how reasonable is it to think that those things clear up by Sunday? Or what is the tordal baby? What, yeah, what's that the tea, uh, that what, magic what's, tea? What's the key? Yeah, the key is man, go see the doctor, baby. You turn around and you say, Doc, let me I have don't a, feel a let thing. Me, I don't feel, give me that shot. <laughs> give me that shot, and I'll be on my way. Get that tordal and ready to run through a wall. Sometimes I tell you right now. I didn't even know if I can play. I was like, oh, my God. You know, first, you still go through practice, but then third Friday, you're like, whew, glad that's over. And you're like, man, you're just sore. And Saturday, you get in the hot tub, do your thing. Sunday comes, you're like, okay, 
okay, and you get in that training room, you get a little stretch, and then all of a sudden, you know, 15 minutes before the game, like get that little extra edge, that toward all shot or whatever it may be. It, it takes the edge off. So he'll be ready to go. But I'm going to tell you right now, when you have a guy like that, that that's physical and that dominant, you got to start putting him on a pitch count. That means though, during the week, you got to have the younger tackles go and take more of the reps. You got to say, hey, what do you need? Because Trent's a veteran guy. He knows what his body needs. You don't throw those guys out there and let them practice the whole practice. It's not about being macho, man, because you need him on Sundays. Yep. Is Debo going to go? Is Trent going to go? We'll get the final word with JD uh, top of the hour. Now, the other interesting development today is we get the return of Eric Armstead. Yeah. Armstead, Armstead is one of these guys. He's had a, such an interesting career. He was drafted in the first round, taken over Marcus Peters, struggled a little bit early. But it's amazing how he's changed his career. He used to be kind of soft. Um, yeah, I mean he's 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 linear, right? He's six eight. So those guys have a hard time playing with leverage. The whole job. Ask Kinlaw how hard it is to play with leverage. Right. He's never figured it out. Armstead has gone from. A tall guy out of Oregon who just got wheeled out of the hole at will to now he has unbelievable functional strength. He sets the edge in the run game. He's really strong at the point of attack. It's all technique and strength. How's he done it? How's he done it? He's I, back. And what's his impact today? He's back today. I love the guy. And I'm going to tell you right now, I used to didn't. Kids out of Stockton. You know, I know a couple coaches that coach him out there. He played offensive tackle. He's offensive tackle. Guys think he would have been a heck of a pro player on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Because Armstead's finesse. He played basketball. It's a finesse type of guy. But I'm going to tell you right now, he heard it on the radio, heard through TV. When he was early in his nine career, he's too light. Oh, he's not physical. Oh, he's just a runaround guy. I don't know if he's tough enough. Does he have that want to? And that's what I like about Armstead. And that's what if he was a young man was here, I'd tell him, hey, look, this is what I like. The want to what you've done. Because everyone was saying those things that we were talking about. Yeah. Light, couldn't do those things. And the guy said, you know what? I'm going to show everyone that I can play. I'm going to show everyone that I can take on a double team, triple team. I can hold the point. I can set the edge. I can pass. I can go after the, the passer. I can do everything. And so Armstead, what it took, it took hard work, determination, getting in the weight room, looking at your flaws, understanding your flaws, and changing his mindset. That's what work is. That's what work, You know what it is? When we talk about, talking about, talking about sacrifice, people talking about being a champion. They talk about, oh, that guy's great. Great is working when no one's around. Great is getting in the weight room extra in the morning. Great is work after practice going back in the weight room. That's the great that people ever – that's a byproduct of what you've done being to get great to what everyone sees on Sunday and Monday night or doing – because everyone's, oh, my God, that guy's – but they don't know the sacrifice. The work that you put in makes greatness. No question. And I don't think people realize that how important technique is right. – to being a great defensive lineman. Whether you're on the edge or inside, technique means everything. And now you got a guy who's rich in technique. Yeah. Uh, great with his hands. Hopefully today he steps in there. Um, will he be on a pitch count? I don't know. But he'll step in on a line where against a Miami offensive line that is missing both Austin Jackson and Teron Armstead. They're starting offensive tackles, and their backups have given up a ton of pressures. All right. We're going to take a break right here. Week 13, wild start to week 13, eight morning games. We'll update the scores next. Some surprises already around the NFL. We'll get into it next as we get you closer to Niner football on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Get, get, get down. Now back to the kickoff show with Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal on 95.7 The Game. Sponsored by Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey. Taste the world's number one bourbon. And by Harris Ranch Beef. Legendary beef, legendary quality. Welcome back. Larry Kruger, Lo Neal here at the Hilton in Santa Clara as we get you ready for 49er football on 95.7 The Game. And, of course, the red and gold uh, pre-game show, the kickoff show, presented by Harris Ranch Beef and Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey Taste the World's number one bourbon. Man, Harris Ranch Beef and a little Love bourbon. It. You can't go wrong with Harris Ranch <laughs> Beef, a, baby, and a little dangerous, bourbon. Dangerous. A dangerous combo. Dangerous. All right, we're a dangerous combo yes, as well. We are. All right, let's go. Week 13, uh, already some scores from around the league. Some interesting ones. Steelers on top of the Falcons, 16-6 in Atlanta. Yeah. Steelers can stop the run, and the Falcons can run the ball. So I think that was going to be a really interesting game. Steelers are only a one-point favorite. But Steelers starting, you know, late-season resurgence. They won on national TV. This is the short week turnaround. Um, but they got a 10-point lead early against the Falcons. Yeah, when you look at this Steeler team, you think about what the co- head coach there, what he's been able to do, Mike Tomlin, is just, is just ride the wave and kind of weather the storm. You lost Big Ben, who's been a mainstay in that the organization, so you lost your quarterback. Then you go to a quarterback that, you know, that, that's been in the league, that was a first-round pick, that was a first pick overall that really shouldn't have probably been when the people off of 16 games, they drafted him, you know, first pick overall. And then you, you go with the guy and that's, that you draft this year, and you see the way that he's been able to turn the page. And not that, the, not that the Steelers are just a great team, but what they're doing, they've been in games, they've stayed in games, and now they're starting to weep some of the benefits because they stayed consistent. So give them some, give them some credit because the consistency that they've shown. Well, and Mike Tomlin's a pro. Yeah. You know, and those guys, you know. Keep fighting. Exactly. They keep fighting, and uh, they play the whole schedule. Uh, Bears-Packers at Soldier, the, one of the oldest matchups in the yeah. history of the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears, but the Bears up 16-10 at half. How about this? Justin Fields is back in this game. Yeah. He's 7 of 9 as a passer for 126 yards. He's already got five carries for 70 yards and a touchdown uh, at half. 70 yards and a touchdown on the ground, 126 on 7 of 9. How, how, do, you, how do you view – you know, I know you're talking about Fields. How do you view this guy? If they weren't winning, what he's done – is he going to be 1,000 over and he's going to – do you think he's going to rush for a thousand? Do you think he's going to throw for two thousand, three thousand? How do you is he? 
What's love, the difference between him and Lamar? In your opinion, when you look at these two guys, yeah. Break down him and Lamar Jackson. Well, Lamar, I mean. Pros and contrast. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Fields has better accuracy as a passer than Lamar and a stronger arm. I think Lamar um, has more dynamic. He's way more dynamic as a runner. Fields has got 4-4 speed, but Lamar's got, you know, Lamar's almost like a receiver or a running back in the open field. He he reads angles. He stop and start. He'll make you miss in space. You know, he's he's far more difficult to corral. Fields, though, if he gets ahead of steam, you're 6'1", 6'2", 225 pounds, and he can run 4-4. So, I mean, he's gone. I mean, sometimes he can hit a corner, and he's gone. And he's even, he's leaving. Exactly. And guys take bad angles on fields because they don't realize how fast he's moving. But I'd rather have once, fields, man. They, they added Claypool. They're yeah. going to add more weapons yeah. in the years ahead. When, he act, when fields actually has major weapons around him, watch out. Right. I, I, he, right now, he's, he doesn't have very good weapons. They don't have much of an offense. He's out there running around for his life. I don't know if a running quarterback can exist after year two, three, four, five, taking all the hits. He's already, you know, he's been hurt this year. Does he but have to, though? So he's my dynamic. Point, I mean, when, I, when you look at him. I'd probably though, take, who would you take if, the, if all those, those I, quarterbacks I were that, all available right now? I think Between Fields. Trey. I mean, I'd probably go still with Lawrence, but I think I think I would go Lawrence and then Fields. But here, here's the difference between and here and, and I under, but I understand what you're saying because I, I would look at Trevor and I say Trevor long term Trevor Lawrence good quarterback and throw can do those things love it, but the difference between Phil, Phils can throw you already said Phils can throw he can yeah. read he can do those things Phils is running because he has to. See, the difference is, Trevor, if you put if you Phils is taking over and he's got to carry his team. He's got to do this to even be, be to keep him even relevant. Right. So when you take Phils and you put a Phils in with the Niners, or you put him in with a better team, a team that have receivers and a running game and weapons, how good can this kid be? See, I know. that's I mean, the that... point. That's that's why I'm saying I take Phils. Yeah, I, and I understand that. I, and I'm I'm not saying I'm right. Uh, you know, the one thing with Lawrence. You know, Lawrence is on a roll. Uh, he's got six touchdowns, no picks. He's topped 100 in passer rating in his past three games um, for the Jaguars. So he's playing well. He is. By, by the way, Lions up 23-6 wow. on the Jaguars. Wow. Detroit, since losing to Buffalo on Thanksgiving, they've won three out of their of their of three or four basically. Uh, Jacksonville had had lost 19 in a row. Uh, to NFC teams coming into this thing, and it looks like it's going to be 20 because they're down 23 to six. Dan Campbell, say what you want, the Lions are four and seven; they're hardly world beaters. But Dan Campbell's changed the whole culture there. You can feel it. He, he really has. You look at what Dan Campbell's been able to do and the guys that he brought in. I remember you and I we sat and we talked about what do you think some teams are surprised. And I said Detroit. I talked to Aaron Glenn. You know, Aaron Glenn played with him with the Jets. Right. Great cornerback. Defensive coordinator now. Yeah. yeah. And when you think Good about guy. what they do defensively, offensively, I just think they're building a culture and they're competing. We talked and I was like, he's like, look, we'll compete this year. And they are competing. They're in just about every single game. Even though they're coming up on a short end of the stick, they're in every game. They're 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 not the nine they're not they're not the, the Steelers because the Steelers already had some core guys, 
but they're, they're, they're like the Steeler team that if they're going to build with this court, because the quarterback's different too, but they're going to build, and I think they're going to be good, just like when the, the, the Steelers next year, you'll see them even be even better, and just, so would Detroit. I love Deuce Staley as a coach, and then Panay Sewell is their anchor on their O-line, and yeah. obviously Aiden Hutchinson's the anchor on the D-line. Vikings up 17-3 on the Jets. Uh, the Jets are going with Mike White, and on the road, I think a lot of people thought maybe the Jets would get it done, but the Vikings... Vikings are really good at home. Yeah. 17-3 that's Vikings one, that's early one, in that, that one. That's one that I would have had my, my lock. I was talking to you earlier today. I said, man, I just like the Vikings. Coming off a bye, now you got a couple extra days to prepare, getting ready to come into a yeah. team, playing against the Jets teams that, yes, they played well. They got to go with another quarterback. But Minnesota, man, they're a team. Look, everyone's got, thinking about that Dallas shabako that they got rolled, you know, kind of rickrolled. But if you think about that, that's the only game. They've been in every single game except that Dallas game. I like Minnesota, like them a lot. Just just think the Jets are the Jets are a team. They're just not ready yet. Just like the Giants, they're not ready yet. There's a couple teams that are close, but they're just not ready yet for that next step. You know, the Vikings are eight and zero this year <laughs> against against uh, against against as a favorite. I should say eight and zero is a favorite, but you know, they struggle against the teams that are the better teams. So you kind of wonder are the Vikings going to make any noise in the playoffs? NFC East battle: Commanders and Giants, thirteen thirteen. Wow. Washington has won the time of possession battle in six straight games. Giants are kind of going the other way. They got up to a hot start. They've dropped three out of four. I like what I'm seeing from the Commanders, and I'll tell you, if the Niners are not are not ready. Man, Taylor Heineke, and and when he rolls in here with the with Washington, Washington's got a D line. No. They got a couple backs. Uh, Jahan Dotson's a nice receiver. Terry McLaurin, scary Terry, scary Terry. Um, the Commanders, I, I you know I think the Commanders will beat the Giants today. It's tied right now, but uh, I like the way they're playing. That is not a team you want to overlook. Best front to me, or collectively, if you said what front defensive front you would take. Now, Nicky Bosa, I've over everyone, of course. But he said, I want to get, I can get a defense. Yeah, Chase front. Young and Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen and Teron Payne. I would take, I would take the Commanders. Yeah, I'm just telling you what they've done, and you know who, you know who's coaching those guys over there at the DC. Oh, Jack Del Rio. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's got those guys humming. He's a good coach. Guy played defense. So that's a game that I've been tell, t- telling everyone, mark it on your calendar because it's a physical team. It's a team that's built like the Niners. That's another physical game that they're going to have to get ready for. But, hey, man, I- I'm surprised with these scores. Commanders are playing well. And it's going to be a heck of a game. 13-13. Eagles up 21-10 on the Titans. Well, you know, that's an interesting one. Eagles uh, playing without Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who's, you know, been in this all-world safety, probably going to the Pro Bowl, but they get, did get big Jordan Davis back today. Yeah. And there was some talk that maybe the Eagles are going to struggle to stop the run again against Derrick Henry, but they're up 21, uh, I say 21-10 Eagles in that one. That's an interesting one, too, because when I was on with Damon on Friday, yeah. he has this thing where he likes to fade the public. Right. And the number one public bet this week was the Titans in that game. Really? So, you know, going with the Eagles minus, what, four and a half right now, you know, they're, they're up 21-10. Good for you. I'm glad you went with the Eagles because I think the Eagles, when you think about the inconsistency of the Tennessee Titans, they're a team that can run the ball, but is there, are they a team that can play from behind? When the running game is not there, and that's the same kind of question. I think that the Niners and the Titans have some similarity. You can't compare the backs. You know, of course, what they have in Derrick Henry, just a big, strong, physical guy. But I'm talking about collectively as a running team. The Niners are the running team. The Titans are a running team. And I'm saying when their run game, when their team concept, the run's not well, how do they fare? Do they have a trigger man, both these teams, that can carry the, that can carry the weight 
when they struggle offensively. Now, the Niners have a defense that can keep them in it better than the Tennessee, but offensively, that's the question mark that Tennessee has as well. Well, and they're getting a lot out of Traylon Burks. The Arkansas rookie receivers had a really good month, yeah. and, and we'll see what he does today. You know, that was a big trade. They went with Burks. They said goodbye to A.J. Brown. Brown's now in Philly. He's the number one receiver yeah, he there. Is. And Burks has suddenly gotten hot for the Titans. Okay, Broncos-Ravens, another interesting game. What do you make of the Ravens' struggles? It's 6-3. That third, second half has already begun there. Wow, 6-3. Who's up? Ball, uh, 6-3. Uh, uh, Denver up 6-3 in Baltimore. Baltimore lost to Jacksonville last week. Yeah. And now they're losing at home to the, to the Denver Broncos. I'm not surprised it was a low-scoring game because Denver's got a good defense. But... I mean, what is going on with the Ravens? Where do you where do you put the Ravens in the AFC playoff picture as a Super Bowl contender? Because they got Roquan Smith low, and I thought, you know what? You're adding a Pro Bowl inside backer. That was one of their weaknesses, stopping the run. I thought that right there with, you know, uh, with what they have on offense was going to be enough. But they've lost Rashad Bateman. They've had some injuries on offense. They're, they don't look the same offensively as well, they did even a month ago. Well, tell me something. Beside Lamar Jackson, who in the, on that offense you think is even close to a Pro Bowl player? I mean, that that, that maybe that, somebody on the line. I mean, maybe on the line, but when you think about Baltimore, everyone says, "Well, Baltimore, Baltimore." I mean, the, they the, tight, end, of, the tight end is. is he's, I mean, he's been injured. You have been, been hurt, so you don't. When you think about Baltimore, everyone's like, "Oh, Lamar Jackson is." Sean Bateman's out. Yeah, so that's the whole thing. The whole thing is like, okay, keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket. Don't let him hurt you. Let's place a man-to-man. Let's double receivers, double the best receiver they got, have a keep a spy on him, and see how good Baltimore is. Baltimore's defense is okay, but offensive me, they're, they're, just, they're a sieve. They yeah. don't have enough. No, it's, it's, they're not a competitor. It's interesting. I mean, it's like, you, you know, you think of, I thought of Baltimore as a Super Bowl contender. Oh, really? And, and now, I mean, well, once they got Roquan, I'm like, man, yeah. Roquan, you're getting one of the best five or six inside backers oh, no in question. the game. Guy makes 15 tackles a, a game. I thought, oh, man, they're going to take off. But they lose to Jacksonville last week. And, you know, Baltimore is number two in the NFL as far as running the ball. They're 27 and six when they throw when they uh, rush rush for over 180, four and one this year. But Denver's got a good defense. The other one is Deshaun Watson's back, and he's back against the Texans. Yeah. And the Browns have a seven-five lead. Uh, Deshaun's first game back. I'm sure he is being uh, greeted with a ton of booze. Yeah. Do you, Do you think he should be back? I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, he paid his his penalty, but uh, what a weird story i don't know i don't know i don't know that has he has he really moved on from it i mean all the creepy things that are associated with what he what he did are all still there he never really addressed it yeah i don't know it's like he seems to not understand this either the magnitude or the seriousness of it um you know it's like he needed to kind of publicly fall on the sword refuse to do that so there's just an awful lot of people that feel like he's got a sense of entitlement and some arrogance to him as a as a person what's your read on on Deshaun because Look, I mean I don't think I think that every woman you know you you do things to women I think women are great and we both agree that as is a an man, 11 you're, you're game phys- suspension fair was that too short too long and you know what I don't know all the details, and I don't know. I None mean, of us do, really. It's, and it's and it's and so he served his time. So you don't know, but it is weird. It's just a weird time, and don't you think? Just in the world, the things that are going on when you look at this, you know, not going on a rant here, but just off kilter stuff from Kyrie to all these the athlete that it, that, and then you have you know something like the Watson, what he did is you know 
what he was accused of, all the different things. But it's just so interesting because if whatever you do or say, you have to be careful because you are a brand. And not just you are a brand, but people are going to be watching. And the thing about it is you're going to always have people, whether you're innocent or guilty, you're going to have people on both sides of, of, of the thing. So I did need, I do believe that you had to make some type of suspension. Yeah, and I mean, you he, have to. Okay, so he gets 11 games for violating the league's personal conduct policy for sexual assault. Um, and now he's back out there today, interestingly enough, against his former team in Houston. You know the crowd's raining down all kinds of booze. Should be interesting, too, because I expect the Browns to win this game. Nick Chubb against the Texans' run D. The che- Texans' run D has just been an absolute sieve. And you got Chubb rolling in, averaging 5-2 a carry. Chubb's tough. Uh, I, you know, whether it's Chubb or Chubb and Hunt, yeah. uh, I, I expect the Browns to kind of run the, the Texans right out of their home stadium. So those are the morning games. And then the afternoon games, Seahawks, Rams go at 105. No Aaron you... Donald for the Rams. The Rams, by the way, if the Rams lose today, they will join the 79 Bucks as the only team to go from winning the Super Bowl to a seven-win, you know, a seven-win type team. They the win today? Year. Do they win today? If they lose today. Do, no, I'm, I'm no, asking. No, I, no, I think, I'm asking, I think I'm Seahawks you. beat them. So do I. So yeah. do I. I think they're done. Put a fork in them. Yeah, so it would be the, with one more loss, Rams would be the first team since the 03 Buccaneers to have a losing record the season after they win the Super Bowl. Now, that's hard to do, but yeah. I'll tell you, you know what? That's how top-heavy that team was. Stafford, Ramsey, Cup, Donald, they've got four or five of the best players in all of football, but those guys got hurt this year, and their lack of depth has really shown. Yeah, I think with the Rams, the biggest thing with the Rams when I'm watching them play the, 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 is the inability to protect the passer. They can't protect the quarterback, and you have Cooper Cup, but you don't have anyone else that's going to necessarily stretch the field. You don't have Odell, and he was, he was a big factor in, in Coop's success. And now when you and watch – And Allen Robinson really Allen, didn't do right. what we thought he was going to no, do. No, he didn't. And then you look at the quarterback. Now he's getting sacked. He's getting hit. And he's getting a lot of things are happening to Matthew Stafford So because they can't protect him. So when you're looking at this 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 Rams team, the biggest thing to me, it starts up front in the trenches. You win, you win, and, you win and lose championships in the trenches. You know that. Yeah, a couple more here before we, uh, we take a timeout. We'll, we'll welcome in J.D. Chiefs – Bengals battle of the rematch of the AFC title game. Jamar Chase makes his return. Wow. That's going on this afternoon. Raiders Chargers in Vegas. Justin Herbert in his career against the Raiders is low. 13 touchdowns, one pick. So maybe yeah. it's maybe you may want to lean Chargers there. And then Cowboys Colts, Sunday night football. Dallas leads the NFL with 45 sacks. And Matt Ryan's been sacked 32 times in 10 games. So yeah. I expect Dallas to get over there. Buffalo beat Patriots 24-10 Thursday night. And then Monday night, it's going to be interesting as well. The Saints have kind of ownage on Brady. Yeah. Uh, Brady and the Bucks at home against the Saints, who were here last week. Now the Saints get that extra day. Tristan Wirfs is out for Tampa. Um, Tampa's had a lot of problems on that offensive line. Yeah, they have problems. New Orleans defense has dominated Tom Brady the last couple times. Yeah. I, I kind of think uh, you know maybe the Saints and the under might be the play Monday night. We'll see. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. What do you got for Kansas City and, and Cincinnati? Well, Tell, I mean, yeah, give I me mean, that matchup. What do you what do you make of that? I mean, Kansas. I, I personally, Kansas City has a tendency to kind of play down to their opponents, uh, and the and the Bengals are you know a better team. I mean, Joe Burrow's a superstar. There's just no question about it. But you look at that Kansas City team, 
and you know they're just a, Kelsey's a monster, and Mahomes is playing at an MVP level, and you know Mahomes leads the NFL in, in passing touchdowns. Burrow's second, by the way. Um, I don't know in Cincinnati. Know, I think I think the, the Kansas dirty. City pass rush will get to Burrow. Kansas City is fifth in the league. They got 35 sacks. Jones has been a monster. Frank Clark. They've they're start their defense is getting a little healthier up front. I think I think Kansas City puts a little rush on Burrow. I like Kansas. I don't think every Kansas City kind of plays down to their opponent, but I think this game might mean a little bit more after losing the AFC Championship game to Cincinnati. And I expect Andy Reid to fire. I expect Mahomes to fire. And, you know, I, I, I think Kansas City gets that done. I, I'm with you there. Same church, same pew. This is a game that you look at and you think about, okay, Cincinnati, they're playing well now. They've just got on a run. They're playing good football, going to get chased back like you're saying. And, hey, this young quarterback, he loves playing against Mahomes. He loves that place in Cincinnati, Ohio, is going to be absolutely rocking. That place is going to be deaf. It's going to be so loud. The crowd is going to be on fire. But to me, like you said, Mahomes is his kind of his his legacy for he, he as a, as a competitor. He's looking at his games like I had a twenty with ten point whatever lead was last year, and we choked. Right. I had the ball in my hand and I choked. I had the opportunity to win this game, and this young player outplayed me. And Cincinnati danced on our field. They left, and Kelsey's whole team. If you're Andy Reid, this is not a game you have to say a word about. You you were going to the Super Bowl and probably had a better chance of winning the Super Bowl playing matching up against the Rams, and you let it get away from you. I think this is a game, like you said, that's just too much riding on it for Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. Kansas City is so dangerous when they're really focused on scoring touchdowns in the red zone. What what they struggled with last year was that, you know, Mahomes made some mistakes in the red zone yep. and held the ball too long and they just didn't score touchdowns. And Burrow did. And and Cincinnati moved on. Uh, the other interesting one, if you're one of these people looking to to either wager, if you got a fantasy angle on this thing, Chargers Raiders is interesting in that the Chargers run D is just horrible. horrible. They're giving up <laughs> they're giving up almost six yards of carry, right. and then here comes Josh Jacobs. But you know you know Raiders if they have any luck, it's always bad. And Jacobs has nursing a strained left calf, so you may want to look for that before you make your decision there on on uh, whether or not you want to take the Raiders or the Chargers. Because you give me Jacobs against that run, D, um, and the way Jacobs looks right now and the way the Chargers can't stop the run, that that might be all the handicapping you need to do yeah. for that game. You yeah. know? But if you look at it, Herbert is playing. It plays exceptionally well against the Raiders. So maybe you know it's, it's the Raiders. Uh, maybe it's the, the Chargers bouncing off the off – the, uh, you know, bouncing up and, and getting a big win in the division. The division, I'll say this about the division games. Every time you look at a matchup, if it's a divisional matchup, you really kind of have to dig deeper because you these do. teams know each you other. Do. What is it about the division matchup, low? Because, I mean, it seems like that you'll see closer games in the division yeah. division matchups. Even if you've got one team that's considerably better than, than another team, if they're in the same division and they have that knowledge of each other's schemes, it just seems like it makes it a closer game every time. No question. I mean, you, this, this Charger and Raider matchup, 
They know where each other live. They know what each other eat. They know what they did last night. I mean, this is going to be a very, very physical game, and it's a, a game that you know is going to be a shootout. Neither team is going to lay, out, lay down. You have pride. You have a young quarterback that's, you know, that's trying to take the mantle. You have Carr that's been that, – that's they've been on a couple game, two-game winning streak. They're saying, okay – this is a chance for us to get back in the hunt. So I think this is going to be a great game. Um, I look at both these quarterbacks. You know, they, they carry their teams. They have to. It's just what it is. So I, I just the matchup, the biggest thing is about this division, anytime you have to throw it out the window, is because of the fact that it means so much. It like almost counts as two games. You want to make sure that head-to-head, if the playoffs start, that you win that. So that's why these, these matchups, when you see you got to throw it out the window, anytime Dallas and the Giants, all like you're saying, Philly and Cowboys, all those matchups that you talk about, bro, is you just throw it out the window. Just something about the, something about the division. Meaning. All right. Uh, that was our, our week 13 breakdown. Just a quick rundown of the scores. Again, Steelers up 16-6 on the Falcons. Uh, Bears leading the Packers 16-10 at Soldier. Lions up 23-6 on the Jags. Vikings up 20-6 on the Jets. 2013, uh, the Giants have gone ahead of the Commies. Uh, or, uh, Eagles leading the Titans in Philly at the half, 21-6. Broncos still leading uh, the Ravens 6-3 in the third quarter. And the Browns with a 7-5 lead over the Texans. Uh, Jose Altuve with a three-run shot uh, in that one for the Texans, 7-5. Uh, Browns over the Texans. All right, J.D.'s going to join us next. Is Debo going to go? Is there any late-breaking stories? What about Eric Armstead? How does Miami look without their offensive tackles? Is the 49er defense in any way overrated? Have the Dolphins played anybody over the last month? We'll get into all these questions and much more as we go boots on the ground with J.D. next as we get you ready for Niner football. Lonia Larry Kruger here at the Hilton in Santa Clara on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.